Why are we oh, spending yeah. 39 so years with I you? Have... Or 37, actually. <laughs> 36 and a half. 36 and a half. You must have, you must have kids or little ones around you a lot. Yes. will be insisting on your halves. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, that's funny. I guess most adults don't say that. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I have three kids. I have Caitlin, 10, Daniel, 8, and Maddie, who's 6. So oh, nice. we are busy, as John knows, at softball fields and baseball fields yes. every night of the yeah. week. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, Tell us something. People are listening to you or they're watching you on the Is it tube. Is it and I told oh. you, uh, I reminded you of there were two rules. Oh, yeah. When you are in the radio station for Rutten Radio. The first rule is don't pick your nose. <laughs> I think that will be pretty easy because okay. that's my rule at home. <laughs> for, for Chris? No, uh, uh, okay. Daniel. Just check it. Okay. <laughs> because... You forget you're on video, yeah, and you might just, you know, get caught. And rule number and, and two mom is might be watching. Don't forget rule number one. Yeah. So okay, tell us about yourself because many people won't. Know. Well, I, picking your nose though is kind of funny because last night I kept hollering at Daniel to turn around and watch the ball at his game, and he wouldn't do it. Well, he was <laughs> turning around so nobody could see him. Picking his nose. Yeah, a guy's got to do what a guy's got to do. I was do. like, okay, fine. I guess just let him be. Pick his nose. At least he's not, you know, doing it in front of everyone, and then quit hollering at him. But yeah, I felt bad after I figured out what he was doing. Yeah, he was trying to hide it. Okay, so about you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see. You know, isn't that I in just, a sense sort of the life of a mother? Like, yeah, what's me? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I did have a mom's night out on Monday oh. night. Yes, so my well-read mom group. Yep. We did a night where we actually didn't read a book. Oh. We just all met yep. so we could talk, just like what we want to talk about. Oh, nice. Without having a book discussion, and that was really really nice. We went to. That place next to Shields, it was really that all day cafe. Oh, yep. Great okay. patio. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we did that Monday night. And then next week, I have another book club night. So, I look forward to book club. <laughs> ah, okay. So, you're, you yeah. read a lot. Yeah, I do. I read Great. a lot, probably because I don't know, it's easy. You can pick it up whenever. During nap time, I think that's probably when I started, was those two hours of nap time. You get kind of bored. But. Uh, yeah, I'm so. napping during the two-hour nap time. So. Well, no. by state regulations, when you run a daycare, okay. you are not to sleep oh, on the clock. Okay. So, right. you oh, know, so as, you run a daycare? Or well, yes. Tell us, I, fill us in. This last month, we haven't been running it for the summer. But yeah, so when Daniel was little, I opened a daycare. Yeah. So not just being a mom, most moms maybe do try to take a little snooze. But I've ran an in-home daycare, so you have to be alert right. and on the job. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be good at that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You were our, our babysitter growing up. You ran a daycare. <laughs> with, a, with, well, with, a, with three crazies around Right, you. yeah, well, for not very long. I you just remember, remember mm-hmm. I remember you driving us to Wildwater West. I was just telling my kids that because we got season passes this year for the first time ever. And I said, I remember Paul and Sean Gross yep. would drive yeah. us out to Wildwater West. I don't remember them ever swimming with me or taking me down slides, no. but I know they dropped me off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't say we were hoping that maybe somebody else would take you home. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We, we uh, never get rid of our youngest. Yeah, so we're going to talk about daycares today. 
<laughs> and I was thinking we just had one expert, but now we I realize we have two experts two to experts. take Paul. care of here. Yeah, but Father Paul had to take care of Katie and Joe and John because I think we were too young to go humil- to work with Dad. Well, I think we kind of chased off every other babysitter. Yeah, <laughs> it, never, it never went well. <laughs> Is that what was it going never on? went well. Yeah. I think the yeah, no. drenching the one girl with water yeah. kind of ended. <laughs> yeah, it never went well. So, so you became de facto. Yeah. I never knew about this. Nope. You didn't. No. Um, is that right? That's yeah, right. No, I that's think, absolutely right? Yeah. <laughs> right. As I said, there'll be many things we'll be in purgatory yeah. be like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. We did that, didn't we? Mm. So yeah, it's think... a rotten trait because, you know, we don't do babysitters because of Daniel. Mm. Yeah. Daniel would lock himself in his room and wouldn't come out. So we had to stop having babysitters. So now we just call the nieces oh. <laughs> and nephews. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if Thomas Woods will ever come back. <laughs> with that was that was us. Yep. So, so all right. Me. So we got Catherine with us today. A blessing. Uh, for me, what's been new? Um, I am going on mission. Yeah. Starting a new parish in Harrisburg, South Sioux Falls. So that's like consumed the last month, uh, and it's been almost a month. It was about five weeks. The thirteenth of May that I sort of was provoked and realized this was becoming a possibility, and then um, just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So it's been a, it's been crazy. It's been awesome. It's been totally terrifying. It's been an absolutely <laughs> exhilarating. It's been like the vast gamut of experiences and emotions. Um, what I would say is, um, I think in the end, it's all still the same stuff. What I realized is, I just. Um, like Christ has been so abundant in the last particularly two days like I mean amazing and what I realize is I just need him yep (laughs) I just need Christ in my life and and what I often think and tie myself to is how he's come yep so literally since the day I walked in as pastor at St. Lambert's the most amazing things have happened and so I think it's St. Lambert's Oh, sure. So how is he going to keep coming to me? I better stay here. So then I like anchor myself here when he's saying, hey, come with. It's early in the morning. I can't whistle very well. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't whistle well. I'll pass it. So what I need is him. Right. I need what happens, which is Christ in my life, the Holy Spirit to enkindle in me this awareness that like I'm known, I'm loved, God's with me. It's all going to be okay. And I want to insist like I better stay here. No, I just got to like beg for him. And he'll happen. And so th- that's kind of what's happened to me the last few days. Is, I'm, is There was a lot of emotion there for a couple weeks. Um, and all of a sudden now I'm like, wait a minute. This is awesome. Life mm-hmm. is amazing. I don't know what's going to happen out there. But as long as he happens, mm-hmm. life will be grand. Uh, and how he comes will change the rest of my life. Uh, so that's what's happening in my life. Very nice. Jesus. Jesus. And Harrisburg. And Harrisburg. And Watch out, right. Harrisburg. He's an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I th- uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, why don't we do a few shout-outs uh, to some people. So, this is the opportunity, and you don't have to if you don't have anything right now, Catherine, but this is when you get to mm-hmm. shout-out to somebody. Oh. So, I have a shout-out for Dan McMahon. 
uh, when I went to SD, was at SDSU, the McMahon clan came through SDSU. And I joined them this last Saturday for some camping, some fun. Uh, and Dan was not there. So all the other siblings were there. Oh. But Dan did not show up. So I had told them that I would shout out to Dan McMahon, the one who did not make it to the camping trip with his family. So that's Dan McMahon. Nothing like putting a guy on the spot. Yeah, see, this is the beauty of this uh, format, is we have the opportunity to let everybody know things. Yep. D- shout out. Do you have uh, anybody... From book club? Oh, I don't know. All of them, because <laughs> okay. I, next month they're going to tell me, you said you would never be on the radio. Right. And I'll say never say never. How about your kids? Well, hopefully they're sleeping. Oh, okay. Um, they oh. have a sister camp this week, so they had to sleep at Grandma and Grandpa's last night so that I could come. Mm. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, so if you're awake, Caitlin, Daniel, and Madeline, good morning. Yeah, great. And I want to do a shout-out to Kim Donnelly. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yesterday was her birthday. birthday. Oh, it so was. I, I always sing my... the people I love happy birthday. So... Happy birthday to everybody with us. Sing Kim happy birthday. Oh, happy happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kim. Happy birthday to you. There we go. Sorry, everybody out there for putting you through the buttons singing. But we want Joe back. We have another special celebration that we want to recognize today. And so today, Father Paul is celebrating his 15th anniversary as a priest. So we want to sing for Father Paul as well. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary, dear Father Paul. Happy anniversary to you. Thanks. And we live in the age in which it's uh, mortal sin to smoke, so we don't have any matches or, can- or lighter on us. Well, I thought about bringing one, but then I thought they probably don't allow flames in this room. I wasn't sure, so I didn't bring it. Yeah, so here, but that here is we'll your... give it, yeah, this is your, you got to do the birthday, yeah. the birthday post, the anniversary post, and don't drop it, I almost, I almost dropped them all. Don't put that on your clothes either, there you go. <laughs> we are uh, making Father Paula take a picture, and thanks to my daughter, I wrote the number 15 on a donut, so I, she was in the car when John was texting me yesterday, and I was stressing about what could we do. And she said, well, just get a donut and write 15 on it. I was like, oh, that's pretty easy. This is like really complicated in here for you the guys that aren't. In, uh, okay, there you go. I was going to try and like have Flyboy make the number 15 and all this stuff. Oh, so and, yeah. basically, we yeah. just hijacked the show now. Father Paul and I were up late last night putting together the agenda. And I'm thinking... Well, he doesn't know we're going to need a whole segment about him. <laughs> so we aren't going to do it right yet because we'll give you a little bit of time. You know, oh, we wanna, no. We won't put you right on the spot. Uh, we're going to give you a minute right now to say whatever you want to say about being a priest oh. for 15 years. And then we'll come back and do a little bit of time after wow. you think about it. On <clears throat> maybe five or ten pointers about how awesome it is to be Father uh, Paul. Yeah. 
that's it, it. It is a great life. I don't know. What, what do you say about it? Goes fast, like anything. People always say that. Um, this goes back to the diaconate, and I say this all the time. Uh, and I'm sure it was Rachel. Would it have been Rachel? Who's sixteen? Rachel Flynn, or is that what? Or you're who's fourteen? Uh, the, Hannah. Hannah, maybe. Hannah. So the night before my diaconate ordination, when I have to uh, make the vow of celibacy, that I will never get married, <laughs> she got her two-year molars uh, and screamed the whole night. And I'm laying in the bedroom, and I'm like, would somebody shut that kid up? Oh. And I thought to myself, uh, celibacy will not be so hard. Uh, but it was, again, uh, a moment when you just realize, like, as parents, you, you can't make your kids always do what they want. Uh, but you, uh, So I do think about that often. <laughs> Did you think about your sister who was up with that screaming child? No, I just think about myself. Uh, <laughs> you know, And we had the same thing last month. Joe had sick kids. Leo, uh, no, Vince screamed anyways. Mm. No, you know, the priesthood really is amazing, and I don't think you really fully know what you're going to get into, just like anything. Um, what I th- what I think probably as I reflect over 15 years, uh, the number of times people have come back into my life that were a part of my life, uh, and to see how God sort of puts them in and takes them out, puts them back in, takes them back out, sort of like the hokey pokey. Um, and, and the one would be Father Brian Eckridge. Uh mm. You know, so when I was in Aberdeen at uh, St. Mary's, I also had Ron Colley. Brian Eckridge was uh, a student at the high school. Uh, then I left, and Brian then went to SDSU where I was. Uh, and so then I got to be his chaplain. Then I left, and Brian joined the seminary, and I was the vocation director. Uh, and then I left, uh, and Brian is now Father Brian, and he's coming to Immaculate Conception in Watertown, no and I'm going way. to be his pastor. No yeah, way. Yeah. So all the way through our lives, uh, it come awesome. in and out, in and out, yeah. in and out. And so to the people of Watertown, I'm not leaving. I'm yeah. not going anywhere. I'm staying put. But Brian's coming back in. Uh, so yeah, so kind of providential just to see touching people's lives at different stages. Uh, and so we'll see what that brings. It's funny you say that, uh I, you know, as priests, pastors prepare for these moments when they're getting somebody, and uh, um, and I kind of figured at St. Lambert's we'd have Father Brian. I don't oh. know, you know, you kind of yep. just do your puzzle. You yep. think you know what you're getting. Yep. You never do. No. Uh, and in the in the end, uh, Father Joseph Schulten was at St. Lambert's for some time over Easter, and he had been there, and it kind of just like felt right. Oh, you no! Know, you just kind of have a sense yep. of something, and and I'm thinking there's no way that he would end up here. He's from Sioux Falls, right? Right. They never put somebody, but three of the guys, yeah, ordained are, um, and he left all of his stuff in his in the closet in the guest bedroom downstairs. Oh my gosh. Before he left because he was going back to Rome. Oh sure. And so then he gets I get the appointment letter of who's coming, and it's Father Joseph. Or I didn't get the letter, but I, Father Joseph Schulten, and I'm like. Oh my God! <laughs> He's already like, moved it, in. Yeah, like there was this yeah. Lord. You could kind of see it, but you only see it when you look back, right? You know, yeah. and you can see. Oh, I you see what see was happening the there. Yep. Uh, and and so it is important that people do look back. Yeah. Uh, and see and make the connections. Uh, 
So, well, we'll come back for a little segment on what it's like to be the awesomeness oh. of Father Paul Rutten. <laughs> I, I want the other schedule. Happy anniversary you. on your 15th year. Yay. Boom. Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota, invites you to register for a men's or women's Ignatian Silent Retreat in 2017. Every retreat is led by an experienced retreat director who will offer a series of points for prayer during the weekend. Daily opportunities for Mass, Confession, and Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament are available during the retreat. Broomtree sponsored retreats are run by donation and all are welcome. For more information, call 605 605- 263-1040 or visit broom-tree.org. My name is Dr. Matt Hayes. I'm an orthopedic radiologist at Stanford Health. I completed my undergraduate degree at Mount Marty College. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, I was welcomed with open arms. I would give high school students the following advice. I wouldn't overlook a smaller school. And a small school allows you to excel individually. One of the things that led me to excel was having professors that know every student's name. They personally know you. The professors truly judge their success by the success of their students. The ability of the professors to instill in them a desire to lifelong learn, community, and above all, faith. Mount Marty does this better than any school in South Dakota. There's a lot of professors that can teach, but there's only there's so few that can motivate you to go above and beyond what you even thought possible. Mount Marty College will instill in you an unshakable sense of faith that will allow you to lead and serve in your future and in your career. Love Catholic Radio? Join us in bringing the truth of Jesus Christ to Eastern South Dakota by donating today at lamradio.com. Tune in Monday mornings on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network from 7.30 to 8 o'clock for the Catholic Men's Business Fraternity Podcast. Joe Rutten and Brian Cooper discuss taking faith life principles into business practices with business leaders both regionally and nationally. The broadcasting of Catholic Men's Business Fraternity Podcast on Lamb Catholic Radio Network is brought to you by AMB Business Solutions, committed to developing and maintaining trusting relationships while providing quality solutions to our customers. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. I've stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, all right now I just can't It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now Say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing a little faith 
Back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Good morning, everybody in the surrounding area of Sioux Falls and from coast to coast. We are here to give you the most that we are able to. When you when you listen to Rutten Radio, we never do half measures. No, we never do half measures. No, no reason to do half measures. Even if you're wrong, <laughs> be do it to the full. Yeah, be, do it to 100 percent wrong. I kind of say that about altar serving. Altar serving, the worst you thing you can do is do it less than 100%. Because yep. even if you do it wrong, only about five people know you did it wrong. Mm-hmm. I always say to them, I say, if the train leaves the station, ride it. Yep. Because if you're wrong, then it looks like that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like going across the sanctuary because you forgot something on the other side and then you realize, oh, you forgot something <laughs> on that side. And the, the worst thing you can do is stop look confused, and turn around and go back. Yep. Just go right over the other side and everybody just won't even know. Yep. So, give it 100%. And when we vacation as ruttons, we, we give it 100%. 100%. Well, no, no, no. Because 
We actually divide it up and we put two of them in the back. <laughs> so we were going to go on vacation. God bless my father. Uh, so he packs. Uh, we're going to the hills with Tom, John, Joe, Catherine, and Megan, our cousin, Donnelly. And my dad has managed to get everything in our station wagon. It was one of those classic ones that had the seats in the back. So got it all ready. So there were two seats in the back. So we were going to put the twins in the back and they were going to have a great time back there. We got about, what, two feet? And Mom's like, you can't leave them back there. (laughs) So my poor dad had to unpack everything, repack it so that the two could be up in the back area. I thought it was good to have him in the back away from the rest of us. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I still remember it. How old? Well, Tom was going to be going into high school, right? Because it was our Black Hills trip. So it would have been 14, 12, 10. Yeah. I would have been eight. No, 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 eight. Eight. We would have been eight years old. And this is what I remember was there were the seats and then there was this little space and dad had filled stuff in the space. Yeah. And then was the seat with Meg Donnelly and Tom and mm-hmm. you. Yep. And then Katie was in front, right? Yep. I was in the front row. There was a little window. <laughs> yep. So that we, we could, could like food. talk and we could, we could, you know, there was some space. We weren't <laughs> we totally could. cut off, but literally yeah. from, from ceiling to this part, we really were, there was a wall yeah, between uh, us uh, and stuff. everybody else. Of stuff. I mean, you got five, six, I don't know how many of us went. We start going down the road and Tom has his cowboy hat with him. And I remember he put his cowboy hat upside down in the space <laughs> so that it didn't get ruined. And I was so mad. Like, we were totally cut off now. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. No, that's, and I liked it. No. So okay. that was like the rutten adventure. That was the beginning. That was the be- yeah, that was just the beginning of a week in the Black Hills. Yeah. And man, was it 100%. 100% insanity. I don't remember any of that. (laughs) We were talking last night, and we thought, oh, yeah, Katie will love to talk about the Black Well, I remember things of it, but I don't remember that stuff. Well, probably because Like, somebody fell off a bunk bed. Joe. Because mom tucked him in or something tight. Don't don't blame mom Don't blame mom. Okay. Uh, Well, he was tucked in too tight. Rule number three. (laughs) Can we edit that? (laughs) Mom, I love you. Do not throw your mother under the bus. All of my children, mom, have fallen off their bunk beds. So There we go. See how that is? It, it happens. It's a mother thing. Yeah, like, you can say something one time yeah. and it seems bad, but when you've done it too, all of a sudden everybody's like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm not alone. That's why you just air your, like, tell people your faults because then they're like, oh, yeah, I did that too. So it's not that bad. It's like, yeah, no, I've... So you, what, is that really all? Well, I remember that. I remember building a dam in that creek. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I think... Something about Rick was there. Oh. I thought Rick was there. Uh, no, well, it must have been Tom. Wow. We were hiking on a mountain. Yep. And like the picnic basket fell or something mm-hmm, yep. and everything went flying down this hill and mm-hmm. we couldn't find somebody. And I remember we had a little laughing spell that mm-hmm. happened, yep. which isn't... Someone peed their pants. Yeah, somebody <laughs> peed their pants. We're not going to talk <laughs> we, about we, who. We, we, we are I wasn't going to bring her. that up, John, but, well. but that's what I remember from the Black Hills. I remember we slipped and then all of the, the whole cooler fell down yeah, the thing. Yeah, that's and what then I'm we found about. the peanut butter, butter. splattered yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the whole picnic basket fell oh, down yeah, the yeah, hill. Yeah, and, yeah. 
everything was fired. But I want to say, like, somebody tied stuff to trees because we were trying to find somebody. I think we might have been a little lost. I don't know. But I thought Rick was there. No, it was Tom. It was Tom. What do you remember about it? The green glob. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the cabin that we stayed in was like a hunting cabin kind of thing. Classic, you know, not real nice, per se. We got stung by a bee. Yeah. Uh, Megan got stung by a bee, It was right? in the fridge or something, um, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was in the middle of, like, nowhere, like Black Hills, Deerfield, right? Yeah, Deerfield. Uh, yeah, and it was just, it was an adventure. We went into uh, Rapid City, did all the touristy things. Uh, I remember fishing with maraschino cherries or whatever they're called and marshmallows. Yep, with Dad. Yep. yep. It's one of the, I, I remember that trip. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was interesting, never dull. And as a parent now, you two don't understand this. Like, kudos to Bob and Dad. Oh, I can't oh tell you how gosh, many times for I'm taking like, all of us out there. I, I, I can barely believe. make an hour and a half drive to the lake each weekend. Yeah, and to think they went to the Little Bighorns with all nine of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. did they wear headphones? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't have iPads. We didn't have nope. t- TV in our cars. Nope, I we mean, had I spy and. Stop touching me. <laughs> <laughs> My kids play What's on Your Side because yeah. we don't have TVs in our car either. Absolutely. Well, I'm trying to find in my photographs a picture of the green blob mm-hmm. oh. because I have been back there twice. Oh, have you? Yeah. Every time I go to Black Hills, if I have the time, I drive to the green blob. Uh, it just like it's imprinted in my mind. Uh, and I remember the one thing I loved about it was it had that secret compartment in the bathroom, I think, you could remove a wall, and behind it was an axe and uh, <laughs> like probably a shotgun. I don't remember if there's a, but definitely I remember seeing the axe. And I thought, that is awesome. I want a house that has secret compartments. So I can put an axe. Yes. Oh. <laughs> that you're oh. never going to use. Uh, but it reminded me kind of like growing up at the, the Eighth and Prairie, you know, in the bathroom. You have what appears like a closet in the upstairs bathroom with shelving. And then you just look to the left and then there's a staircase up yep. to like. To the attic. The attic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I took a picture of it. but uh, it, It's on I think one of our calendars. Different. Yeah. Yep. So I went there when, when I went there. And then I ended up getting lost because I took this back oh, road yeah. and I ended up in the top of the mountains and the road kept getting less and less and less. I called you, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you did. It was great. Yeah, that was like five years ago. Yeah. And I get up there and I'm like, I, the road ended. The road ended. I'm in the top of the mountains, the road ending, and the sun's coming down. I'm like, what am I going to do? And my phone I can't remember which, either my, I had a full tank of gas, but my phone battery was running out or something. You and lost I didn't have connection. Reception. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm in trouble. What, why where don't you just I? turn around and go back? I couldn't, didn't know where I was. Well, I mean, follow the you, road back that you came up on. But if you go back, then you end up this in the same, like, oh, you know, did I turn this way or that way or lost like, before you got on the yeah, road? Where am I? Uh, and I called. Paul yep. and I said I left him a message and I yep. said I am at mile marker <laughs> 31 yep. in the Black Hills and I'm lost uh, if if I if I can't be found or something yep. and then it went dead yep. <laughs> then I got a hold of 911 and well so then I call back to the number and I'm like well don't call me call call 911 
I'm like, and tell them, <laughs> tell them you're lost and they can maybe ping your phone. I'm like, what good is it going to do to tell me you're lost? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm trying to like get reception and, you know, figure this out. And I call them and they're like, sir, that there's no mile mark. You know, there's no, I don't know what this 31 is. I said, well, it's this post and it has handwritten 31 on it or 13 or something. And they're looking around. They're like, sir, we don't know where you are. Um, and I'm like, uh, you mean you can't send a helicopter for me or something? I'm like, isn't there a way you can like find me? And the, she says, sir, the only thing I can tell you is I'll bet you're on an old logging road. And the only way we could figure out where you're at is to contact a logging company. Oh. And, um, and she said, my best recommendation is for you to turn around. And I'm like, what happens? So I turned around and da 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 da, and I found my way out. It was like scary. Yeah, I was really scared. So no. I took a picture of the post and the whole thing. But a while ago, I lost all of my photographs, and I think I lost. Mm. Them. I'd like so. to show my kids that green glob. Oh yeah, yeah. You Be should like, take them out there. Yeah, say this is this is what why we, we called it the green glob. Good question. So it was just it looked kind of old and run down and it was green yeah it was a it was hunting a, lodge yeah and, it was and i think maybe some of the siblings of thought maybe it should be a nicer amenities and they <laughs> named it the green club i never thought it was that bad of a place it had well, running no, water see, but here's it had the bunk thing beds. you know when when your friends are all like oh we're going to the hills to the cabin uh and it's really a nice cabin you know they're going they're going to ski yeah. they're going to do things you know and then we're going, <laughs> we're going to the hills to a cabin, uh, and we get stung by a bee, and it's you know you got to turn on hey, everything. Like those are good memories. They are though, good man. memories. But again, I think it's one of these yeah. things when in my mind I have an expectation of what yeah. I'm going to get, and then it and then you live show up, up you're like oh. Uh, but had I not known what a cabin could be, it'd be like oh okay I don't know we're gonna find out when we get there. Uh, but I think I had enough of an idea to not imagine that that's what yeah. we were. Yeah, we and were. I think we figured out I was only six. Yeah, so you were a little and kid. And you oh. were older. And I was eight, so I was two years away from meeting my friend older. who had a cabin on Lake Okoboji. So when I would have been there, you probably already knew that friend. And so, yeah, you, so I you knew that there was nice. So we thought it was you know, awesome. So just keep your kids' expectations really low for as long as possible <laughs> because you don't want to burst the bubble too soon. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, well in, in the end, you do discover that it really is the people you hang out with and the, the memories that you yeah. make and those, those kinds of things, too. And so you want to help. So it could appear like we're talking about nonsense. It we haven't could. Tried, yeah, we're on a we're on a Catholic radio show, by the way. <laughs> and this is called Lamb Catholic Radio Program. I don't think we've talked a bit about religion, uh, but we actually have because faith is relevant to our lives. What is it about vacationing? Why why do people vacation? You know, Father Paul, you've been in Europe for four years in school. There, I think they vacation a in lot. a pretty a month. serious way. Yeah. Uh, what is the dynamic of vacations? Is it time? that's really serious or is it just something that lazy people do? Um, no, it would actually be the, what we call the art of leisure. Uh, and leisure is not laziness. Uh, and, and leisure is more of an active time in which I, I rejuvenate myself. You know, how many of us have said, I need a vacation for my vacation? Well, that's not really vacation then. 
Uh, it, it doesn't mean that you don't do anything, but it should be coming together to step away from the normal things of life, uh, to be able to to connect with the people that you're with, to be able to have some downtime, to be able to still do and see things, but not necessarily in the hectic pace that we keep, especially as Americans. Uh, and so that, that, that ability to just, you know, go out into the wilderness and spend some time and not necessarily need an agenda of things you're going to do, but instead to see that the people you're with are, are part of that leisure and that vacation and, and really so that you can come back with a new perspective, a new energy, uh, a new purpose, a, a new understanding for those things uh, as well. Uh, and so I do think that it is important uh, that we look at that, especially as Americans, that when we go on vacation, are we r- really capable of being present to the people we're with? And and are we really looking at it as a time to, to sort of re- rejuvenate ourselves? You know, and that doesn't mean that you can't go to Disney World or you can't do things and it can't be planned. But there is something about saying, if I need a vacation for my vacation, then that wasn't really vacation. Yeah. That was a trip. Yeah, you know, and, and again, not that there's anything wrong with doing it that way, but then I think you still have missed it, mm-hmm. you know, um, just kind of the casualness, the letting God work where he wants to work. and So I've been thinking about this in light of retreats mm-hmm. or um, conferences or things like this, that we oftentimes set it up where we have a retreat or a conference so that then... Are, and then we try and like bring that into our daily life. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it can be difficult. So our vacation has becomes this big moment where we got to like have this thing and then we can like survive the next 360 days. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to t- trying to look at my life and say, what do I need to, to live something today? Maybe I need to get up 20 minutes early and take a little bit of time by myself. Or even there's this lady, Julie Wilka at the parish. She stops into the church for five minutes before work every day. Mm-hmm. That's yep. it. Like like most people can find five minutes to go to the church. I mean, that's, it totally changes her. It is like the way that she, so Julie going on vacation is just going to try and live more of that five minutes. Right. As opposed to, uh, and so this is what I think oftentimes we have to kind of reverse it and say, okay, how do I live something bit? Where, what in my life like gives me life? Okay, now I, on vacation I need to do more of that, and then it becomes less about. Um, anyway, that's kind of where uh, I've i found, and what I what I realize is just those things. These are the things that give me leisure. So when I go on vacation, um, I try and find time to read the books, mm-hmm. sit. I just want to sit. I don't want to do anything. I don't want, uh, and maybe a hike, something like that, you know. Um, And that still takes work, you know. Yeah. So now, Catherine's laughing. Because I'm a mother. That's it. (laughs) And to go on vacation and sit and read a book, that usually doesn't happen very often, unless you went on vacation by yourself. So that's something to be said, like, to maybe, you know, as parents, take the time away from your kids. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that and can be seem okay counter- with it. And, yeah. There like, you go. Like, be okay yep. with it and take the time. And then you come back and you're better. Yep. You're refreshed. You're yep. take the breaks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, because I can't imagine that it's, it's vacation. Because it's still work. You still got to get them up. Yep. You still got to get you gotta dressed. Feed you got to feed them. You got to, 
break up all the fights. You gotta you bathe gotta, them. You know, yeah. and it's and, and, and again, them. not that, uh, but to find that that the balance and to say these children are, are the product of this relationship, yeah. and so we're going to come back to this relationship and we're going to give this relationship uh, a vacation, yeah. a, a, some time, some leisure to be able to to come together uh, in that. I also think we need to stop structuring every moment of our kids' lives. Oh. You know, we built the dam, we built the, the bridge, not because dad stood there and said, okay, now we're going to build a bridge, everybody, and here's what we're going to do, and you're going to go get some sticks, and you're going to yeah. go do this, and I don't even know where dad was. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You know? I wonder what yeah. they were doing, because we certainly weren't hanging out with them. Right. They were probably <laughs> cooking and cleaning. <laughs> you know, but, so there was this, so there, but there was this reality, yeah. like, okay, you kids go do something, and we adults are going to do something too, and you're going to be okay. Yeah. Now, today, our culture is like, ah, you know, there's a, a kid that doesn't have a, an adult around him. So, you I'll know. say something. So, we go to Lake Thompson, okay? Yep. And sometimes, you'll, you know, a lot of people are at Okaboji or doing all this and that. And we go to Thompson. If you don't know where it is, it's by Brookings. There's hardly a very good Wi-Fi sometimes. Um, our kids ride around on golf carts unsupervised for yep. most of the time. <laughs> yep. Last week, they caught three frogs. And, sure. yep. you know, the only rule I have is you can't dissect the animals you find. <laughs> and you have to let them go before we leave. But the thing I love about it is it's honestly you go there and like I feel like I time warped. Sure. Yep. Because yep. there's no cable. Yep. You know, it's just kind of you're out in nature. You yep. lay around, you don't do much, you're exhausted at the end of the day, but there's no restaurants to go to, there's no Target, there's yep. no errands you can do. I mean, it's like a little it's a oasis. Yeah. yeah. It's a little so it is. It's great. People are like, well, What do you guys do? I'm like, Nothing. Um, yeah. Like we catch fish. We catch we fish. We go swimming. We, we make lots of fun memories. I mean, yep. the kids give me mud baths and yep. I mean yeah, but then they say, can we to, go to Disney World, Bob? I'm like, yeah, someday. Yeah, yeah, and I think we to be convinced that that it's going to be okay in the end. You know, you think about it. We also went to Disney World. Yeah, we did. With Disneyland. Well, or Disneyland, you know. Uh, but we talk about the green glove. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's not the experience. Uh, you know, it's who you're with uh, and the memories you make. Yeah, you know, it's and this, so there, there's that reality, though, too, to, to be able to trust that, if you can't always provide the big thing, uh, that that's not always what's necessary. No. Yeah. yeah, and maybe I would pose a possibility to consider in light of your position as a parent that what we really are looking for on vacation isn't necessarily I got to like vacate things, but oftentimes it's the people that you get to more deeply encounter. Mm-hmm. that I get to live with you guys in a different way. And so I want to structure a vacation so that my kids can do something away from Wi-Fi yeah. and, or whatever the case might be, or that they can meet cousins. And I think about our trip out to California last summer. That was a yep. vacation. Oh, my gosh. And the whole time we were just with people. Yeah. And now we weren't doing anything oftentimes, but we kind of, what, what do these yeah. people do? What's we the way connecting. they live? Oh, you hang out in the pool? Then we're going to hang out in the pool all day. Oh, you guys hike in the, the Redwoods? Oh, well, let's go hike in the Redwoods. Like no. we just lived with them. And in a sense, even that trip out to Disney World, Disneyland, yep. th- th- like that trip originated when we first went to Disneyland and met those family members. We, I don't remember Disneyland. Right. I remember those people. Right. Uh, and you know so what there's I a remember sense- from Disneyland? 
being able to pick fruit off a tree in a backyard. That yeah. is the only, and a swimsuit that mom got me. She made a store open <laughs> up because they had closed. And she made them open up and she bought me a swimsuit. So who would think some of those But those are the two memorable... things. I don't remember rides. I don't remember Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I don't remember anything. But So I think uh, one, one thing that is common with both of these things, for us at least, both California and the Black Hills, is other people made them possible yes. for us. Mm-hmm. We were a family with nine children and mom and dad did the best they could but one of the best things they did was they associated with people who lived a particular way and john and connie cobe mm-hmm. were the reason we got to go to the black hills right. because they had the timeshare in this green blob yep. <laughs> which they may have had no idea how important this would be yeah to, to these five kids and Megan from Arizona mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives. But they made it possible to get that cabin cheaply, and we went out there for the week. Yep. The tickets to California, I'm pretty sure Uncle that Paul. Uncle Paul <laughs> yeah. paid for the ticket. Now, Mom and Dad paid for whatever else, I'm sure. I think even Uncle Paul paid for us to get into Disneyland. Probably. We did the best we could, yeah. but they allowed other people to do things for us. And mm-hmm. I know people love to do it. That's why Joe gets to Notre Dame all the time. I know. Yeah. It's because people love to see how grateful he is for the things that he receives. Yeah. And they want to partake of that. And so for people to really realize you may not, maybe people can't have children. Yeah. There are people who can't have children. Yeah. Uh, and we can, it's difficult and it's painful, but at a certain point when we realize life is about others, one way or the other, Maybe those people have some extra income or a way in which they can support families that have more children. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, there are still families in my parents that have six, seven, eight children. And, yep. you know, yeah. or even two or three that don't have the means to do things. Anyway, yep. so life is about others and so grateful for the Cobes and for the Donleys uh, that made those memories possible for us. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> By God's grace. Yep. Oh, um, so... Anything else that vacationing? Mm. Where's the one place if you could go, you would go? Me? Uh, personally, you. Me? Not my children. Um, oh, that's hard. I don't know. We really want to go to SeaWorld, and I don't know if it's me or more the kids who want to. But I think it's both. Like, we have a love for animals, mm-hmm. we love the zoo. So we go to the zoos all the time. But, um, yeah, I think I want to go there, too. Right now, I just want to go to Grand Falls and sit on a patio and get my toenails done and lay by a pool without <laughs> any children. <laughs> That's honestly, like, and it's a, like it's attainable. So, like, you know, yeah. it's good to have dreams and stuff, but right now I'm just focusing on, like, what can I actually do? Yeah. And not stressing about what do I really want but can't have. Sure. Well, there are perks to every vocation in life. We don't get to have our own children. (laughs) But I can tell you, if I had said that right now, I would have five people at my door by the time I get home that would be making it possible. (laughs) (laughs) Being a priest, there's a few perks. You got to be When you say anything you want, yeah, it comes. So I'll pray that maybe somehow it comes for you, even as a mother. Yeah, there you go. Where would what, Paul, Father? Father Paul, you know, I, I've really been blessed. You've I don't been a lot of places. There's, I, I, he's speechless. 
Well, I'm not speech. I mean, there's lots of places I'd like to go. I didn't get to go to Greece yet, and I would like to go to Greece. Where would you go back to? What was the best place that you went to? Well, I mean, I love Siena. The city of Siena is one of my favorite cities. And so when I go back there, I always enjoy that. Um, but I, I, I've just enjoyed all my vacations. Um, it was just in Texas. It was a great vacation. I love it. Uh, I'm going to Hawaii in August, and that's great too. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're kind of a world traveler. Yeah. <laughs> As am I. I think maybe that's part of the gift of... It is one of the gifts of the priesthood. Yeah. I remember being kind of embarrassed about being able to do it. And I do think there's there's some prudence that's needed. Sure. Especially when we live with families that are so busy. Um, but at the same time, the priesthood is a witness to other people. People are busy because they choose... To, I mean, we all have discretionary income to some yeah. degree. Yeah. And... Lives are busy, and it's really hard when all the families and kids, everybody's doing it, so it's hard to do it. Yeah. But the priesthood is a witness to other people. Yeah. Like, it's possible to live at peace sure. without my girlfriends all the time. You know, like, I remember I met somebody, and they were like, why would you not get married? And I'm like, uh, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. That's a witness to even married couples that, like, if you're in front of some troubles, like, well, Christ is the one who makes you happy. And mm -hmm. so with that, I realized... Um, the vacations, uh, I don't even know. Where I'm going yeah, well, with. all of my vacations are where there's a free place to stay. You're so, gifted them, kind of. Uh, yeah. Texas, it's a family that opens up their house. Hawaii, a family opens their house. Yeah. All these places, our whole California trip, everybody, everybody opened, opened their, house. Up their house. So I think there's that reality of it, it. It's incredible, but it's all these people who are willing to open up, you know. And I do think that maybe part of it is for us as priests is. It's a tangible way to say I've opened my life to Christ. So they can see it when they let the priest stay. Yeah. But I don't know that they would see it. Letting a family stay. But it would be the same thing. It would. Yeah. For them. It, it would. If they would, would let be. it happen. Well, yeah. I forgot this. Uh, we're going to go to Chicago. And stay with Aunt Mary Jo? Yeah. You are. Oh, nice. Yeah, we don't, no. yeah, we don't know when. I think sure. August. I think yes. I'm going to try to do it before school. But yeah, so just allowing people to give you. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. That is it. And amen. But you, amen. Yeah, but you that, and, that's, and that is what, I, what I'm getting at when I say, uh, today we live in a culture that says they have to stay in a hotel. Right. These are things families can change. The These are things do not that, stay in hotels. Or you can say, you know what? We got to live differently. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's stay at homes. We've always stayed at homes. It yeah. surprised mm -hmm. me when I found out that people stay in hotel yeah. rooms when they go visit family members. <laughs> yeah, that's why? like so out of my mind. Yeah. Uh, but if that says there's nothing more important right now, then a break. Perfect. We'll you see go. you back here in just a bit. Thanks for your interest in our <laughs> checking account. Excuse me, what did you say? Uh, <laughs> fee checking. Are you saying free or fee? Yes. Not all free checking is really free. Switch to one that is. Free plus checking from First Premier Bank. No fees, no minimum balance. Plus free online and mobile banking. Bill pay. Over 24,000 surcharge-free ATMs and more. Visit firstpremier.com slash free for details. Or stop by a location to switch today. First Premier Bank. Believe in possibility. Member FDIC. Lamb Catholic Radio would like to thank Muth Electric 
Jeff Alvey of Fairtax and Paulson Monuments for your support of Lamb Radio through their use of Merchants with a Mission program. If you own a business and take credit cards for your transactions, you too could support Lamb Catholic Radio at no additional cost to your business. Call me, Ray Campbell, at 605-660-3555 or even text me at 605-660-3555 and say, Ray, let's talk. Merchants with a Mission, proud supporters of Lamb Catholic Radio. From all of us here at Lamb Catholic Radio, we'd like to wish a happy birthday to Seminarian Zachary Schaefbauer, Home Parish, Sacred Heart in Aberdeen, Seminarian Bailey Lorette, Home Parish, St. Catherine Drexel in Sioux Falls, and Seminarian Tony Klein, Home Parish, St. Lambert's in Sioux Falls. Happy birthday and many blessings on your special day. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for June 21st. Today we celebrate St. Aloysius Gonzaga. As a son of a princely family, Aloysius Gonzaga grew up in royal courts and army camps in and around Florence, Italy. His father envisioned a great military career for his son, but at age seven, the young boy experienced a profound spiritual awakening. By age 11, he was teaching catechism to poor children and fasting three days a week. After reading a book about Jesuit missionaries in India, Aloysius announced his desire to enter the Society of Jesus. It took four years for him to obtain permission from his father, who had more worldly dreams for his son. Finally, Aloysius was received into the Jesuit novitiate. He took to religious life quickly and even had to be reminded to eat more and to take recreation with the other students. In 1591, a plague struck Rome and the Jesuits opened a hospital. Because Aloysius nursed patients, washed them, and made their beds, he eventually caught the disease as well. Even after recovering, his fever persisted, and he could scarcely rise from his bed. Sensing that death was imminent, Aloysius maintained his great discipline of prayer. He died three months later, at age 23. There's more about the saints, along with inspiration and Catholic resources, at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed is being brought to you by Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota. We guarantee you will notice the difference. We would like to pray today for the repose of the souls of Vivian Karst, Delmar Fanning, and Clem Cap. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of the faithfully departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed has been brought to you by Paulson Monuments of Canton, South Dakota. Remember a loved one, honor a friendship, create a legacy. You're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio on KSJP 88.9 in Ipswich, Aberdeen, KSTJ 91.3 in Hartford, Mitchell, and Yankton, and 104.3 Juan Diego Radio in Sioux Falls. Feeling that, feeling that breeze Singing like a song through the tall oak trees It was just another summer night Had to be the last thing on my mind 
Back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Welcome back to Rutten Radio. It's a blessing to be uh, together this day. Different for us because we're not in school. Usually we always ended with the prayer before the kids are dropped off at school. I miss doing that, but uh, certainly we are grateful uh, for the summertime and grateful to have our summertime visitor, Kate, Katie, 
Cat, Catherine <laughs> Kendall, the number nine of the Rutten family, uh, who is a, um, a full-time mother and wife and uh, daycare provider, did that for many years, and so we're going to talk about a little bit about what she has learned being in daycare, about kids, about raising kids, about uh, different things. And additionally, we have lost somebody. Father Paul Rutten has escaped. He's not with us, which, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. He's probably listening, so we have to be nice. Don't don't go back on anything that you said before. Uh, but when you lose one, God never... You gain another. Who's that? Who is that? Is there a ghost in the room? The chair is empty. Father, or I keep calling you Father, <laughs> but you are. You are Introduce yourself. Yep, uh, so anyway, good morning, <laughs> no! Grand Rapids, Michigan! Oh, uh, good to be with you guys. Joe Rutten here checking in live from Acton Institute in uh, Grand Rapids on the beautiful Grand River of uh, the city of Grand Rapids here. I'm telling you, Sioux Falls, if you're out there listening, uh, people from Sioux Falls need to come to Grand Rapids and, and uh, keep an eye on this place. It's exactly what hopefully Sioux Falls will be in 40 years, so it's a fantastic city. And I'm here at an economics and religious liberty think tank uh, with a thousand people from 80 countries all over the world for four days to talk about what it means to be free and how to create free and uh, flourishing societies. So that's what I'm up to. Awesome. Well, it's good to have you back. The only reason I don't like being host, uh, but the only blessing of it is that this month we didn't have to do stump a priest <laughs> because i'm in charge and if i don't want to do it we're not going to do it so uh why don't you tell us a little bit you're at the acton institute uh why don't you just give us a brief rundown um you said what it is but like what's your involvement yeah. why are you there what's going on yeah what has it done you for know you? what it is it's uh it's a it's a conference that was started by a catholic priest here and um oh the, the institute itself was started in the early 80s and the conference here, this four-day conference with global people, started in uh, late in 2000 or so. And what it is is it's a bringing together of people from all over the world to talk about what we would say are issues that matter in a forum um, that's built on uh, principles of religion, uh, principles of economics, and principles of virtue. And so what it's trying to do is, in the chaos, particularly today, of our political climate and all of this stuff, is it's trying to address what are the foundations, what's the actual ideas or concepts that people have about, about people and about communities and how we ought to live together that actually creates the best environment for human beings to flourish and to live uh, as we are created to be. And that comes with all kinds of... We have some people here, anybody that knows Uncle Jim Donnelly, like, one of my favorite guys here is Uncle Jim's twin. It's his doppelganger. And he also probably shares his political, his uh, uh, social views. This gentleman uh, is an unbelievable man. And then at the same time, you're going to have somebody who probably represents Aunt Annie um, and is going to come from a very uh, more of a socially conservative, uh, more of a... Uh, uh, Republican, if you will, if that's really even the right term or not. So it's this huge breadth of people, but it's not just America. They come from 60 countries around the world to talk about these issues. So what happens is you sit at a table with somebody from Pakistan who's here at the conference, 
and you think that you want to ask them about Islam and extremism and ISIS and and all, and I focus on the religious component, and then the guy for the university says I'm actually here to fight poverty in my community because poverty is the reason that people, ISIS is able to recruit the extremists. So he's not here because he's not pointing fingers at Islam from a religious perspective. He's here trying to find economic ways to alleviate poverty in his community in order that there's no longer a breeding ground for young boys to be recruited into the extremist Islamic groups. You know, so that's one kind of a conversation amongst a whole host of many that you get to have here over the four days. It, it makes me think immediately of how when I hear things on the news or the radio or something, um, of um, how do I want to say it? I guess what I want to say is when you're sitting with a person, uh, ideologies crumble. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I'm sitting in, and, 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 and on a, online, like I can just have my ideas. Was, <laughs> yeah, my personal bias toward the Islamic conversation is often, and this is no, I mean, it's not that this doesn't matter. For instance, last night's key lecture gave us the statistic of 2016 and the number of Christians killed in the world. All right? What in 2016, there are there is one Christian killed every six seconds. Oh, wow. What? Oh, it's 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 like two hundred and thirty thousand. I mean, the martyrdoms around the globe. Or I'll have to look up my notes here. The martyrdoms around the globe are unbelievable. So he just went through this vast list of countries around the world where uh, Christians are being martyred for their faith. And people in the whole. Now you're talking people from sixty to eighty countries here. So for many of these people, they live with this. This is their reality of faith and Christianity and and how they live. So you're not shocking them here who you're shocking is people from 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 uh america that are here who don't realize the reality 263 people every day in 2016 died of martyrdom for because their they simply believe in jesus christ period what's that because they believe in jesus christ because period. of their faith in jesus christ yeah. 263 a day died wow. So what we do here is we stop and we, we dialogue about those things in, mat, in in ways in which you're talking to real people, and it's not this people screaming, yelling, arguing. Uh, you know, you got to be able to defend your positions. you got to have good, honest... Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's what I'm up to, and you know what? Uh, I've been trying to get people out here from Sioux Falls because it's so wonderful, and I learned so much. And Well, this year... Um, Three people, actually four people, decided to join me. Brian Cooper from the Business Fraternity oh, yeah. is out is out here. He's going to help with production for our August 10th uh, business conference for men and women of faith. A lot of what we do at that business conference comes out of this kind of a setting. And as a matter of fact, our speakers a lot of times come from out here. And so he's out here. And then I, three people. I've, just, I've taken a new job, Katie and John. I don't no. know if you know that. Tell us about it. You are going to be so missed at the cathedral. I am going to be missed, I'm sure, but I'm going to still be in the pews. I'm going to stay in Sioux Falls, but I've taken a new job with Mount Marty College in awesome. Yankton, South Dakota, an hour down the road, and we're going to go down there and just do some great things and join a great team and continue to, to you know, I always say put Mount Marty on the map. You know, they, that the humility of the Benedictines, they don't market themselves maybe like they should. And so we need to get uh, we need to get some things uh, uh, moving in the right direction with a great vision by the president Mark Long. And anyway, long story short, two vice presidents and a trustee decided to come join me this week. So I'm out here with three 
of the administration and leaders of the Montmarty community. We're out here. I'm introducing them to to the ideas, concepts of of, of acting and just networking them, it's helping them meet people. And it's interesting you say those two uh, that right there. I think um, we live in a very changing church. The co- the world is vastly changing in epic proportions, and in the West, yep. I think we're totally ignorant to it. Um, and in the church, we can be particularly ignorant to it. And one of the things I find interesting about what you say is that the Benedictines are humble, and there is a false sense of humility, I think, even amongst priests and stuff, where you never talk Absolutely. about yourself, you never say anything, it's always about someone else. But in today's culture, if you don't talk about yourself, you don't share the gospel. The gospel isn't giving yeah. people books or telling people theology or telling people how to live. The gospel is Jesus Christ has changed my life. And yeah, I yeah. and this is the way it looks, is here I am. Uh in all my foibles, but like somehow there's something welling up in me. And so the the Mount Marty kind of would be that same thing, you know, uh, this this place down in Yankton. Um and it can be you can think, let's not be too over the top. Well they're, if they're getting you, they're going to get over the top. <laughs> and yeah, I think for that, better or for worse, here I, I think, come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's good to be able to share what it is that yeah. that this is for us. And secondly, I would say is what a mark to Mount Marty that they would so quickly. I mean, it's kind of like Pope Francis saying, you know, you got to you got to go out to the margins, or you got to go outside of yourself. Um, you got to go to the poor. Well, sometimes it doesn't mean necessarily just going to the poor. It, go to places that aren't typical for you. And for them to so quickly say, you know what, we've never been there, but if, if this is where you go and this is where you say there's life, let's go check it out. Uh, well, I think pr- they, they jumped on board before I said yes to employment. And that was one of the things that kind of said, all right, they're, they're serious about um, their vision and they're serious about uh, doing the work. You know how that is in life. You can think a lot, and I have this tendency to think a lot but not do the work. Um, and it's, it's good intentions, but you don't have the follow. And so when I saw that they said, hey, let's go to Acton with Joe, I thought, well, they're obviously willing, and so let's do it. So I jumped on yeah. ship. I'm going to be director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice with a faculty position. I'll teach two courses a semester and uh, uh, run the institute. So okay. they've they're got great things going on down there. They're going to integrate curriculum. We're going to do some new things. And, uh, you know, I like to say we're going to put them on the map from a marketing perspective. Uh, the sisters have been there for a long time and will honor that tradition with the new vision, uh, carrying forward those Benedictine values, uh, but forming virtuous young professionals, you know. And that's, uh, it's uh, easier said than done. But uh, So anyway, that's what I'm up to with Mount Marty and the business fraternity. Uh, but just out here, so... Anyway, let's get back to the green glob. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get back to uh, um, Catherine. How about we do that? Um, you are going to be educating college students, Joe. Yeah. Right? Yep. At yeah. Mount Marty College, Professor Joe Rutten. Ooh. Boy, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, the truth of the <laughs> hey, matter is, the minute father. I... <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? He said, hey, I call you father. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the minute I heard it, it actually made me want to be there with you. Um, I'm really excited for you. I look forward to seeing what happens. But in a lot yeah, of ways, sometimes teaching college students actually is like, and I don't mean this in a negative way, it's like teaching children. I mean, the human person is the same, so the educative method is the same. And 
Catherine, right? teaching kids, what could you share with us that you've learned by daycare, by doing daycare? Well, all I can say is I take 12 of my daycare kids over like four college students. <laughs> so go for the college, and Joe. I that take, is not my I cup of tea. 12 daycare students over four. Yes, yes. <laughs> we take, all connect with different ages, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, John- I, I, Katie, I, Katie, I coached Leo's t-ball team for the first time this year, so you got 12 five-year-olds running around. Oh. And the first day I got out there, it was a mess. Because you didn't myself, know what you were oh doing, Lord, and they how knew in it. The world does Katie do this every day? Because you didn't know what you were doing, <laughs> and they saw right through it, Joe. That's what happens. Kids can see through that stuff. Well, you got to be in charge. Um, okay, what was the question? What were we even talking about? You. Kids. What have you yeah, learned kids. Oh, about kids. young kids? About raising kids? Yeah. About whatever that everybody should know or probably what, that it's what a marathon. You say, I wish parents understood this. It's a marathon. Um, well, I'm still in the beginning stages. I mean, somebody the other day said, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe Caitlin's already in fourth grade," and I was like, "Yeah, but really." she's just in fourth grade. Like we still got a long road ahead of us. Like I feel like we just started it. Um, you know, one of the things that was great was, um, joining like different mom groups, you know, get out there and connect with other mothers. Like I said earlier, you know, you may be at home thinking, Oh my, how do people do this? Like, I'm not doing it so good. But then you talk to the mom next door and she's doing the same thing you are and thinking the same things. So, you know, just connecting with other mothers that whether they share the same beliefs or if they have boys or girls, just connecting with other people and really being honest. Who was it? Somebody was just saying that, oh, um, Ellen Bauman. So we were at, you know, dinner the other night for my well-read mom group, which look it up if you like to read books. Um, And she said, you know, you guys are so honest. And I was like, yeah, I guess we kind of are. Like, in a way, sometimes they say we're honest to a fault. Like, we don't put up that shield. Who's we? The Ruttons. Oh. The Ruttons. (laughs) (laughs) I am a Rutten, right, Joe? Uh, Yeah, that's Um, us. But, you know, you see some parents and they're like, all put together all the time and you're like what in the world but then if you go in their door it's a mess you know so that would be one thing is just connect with other mothers be honest um oh what was the other oh i wanted to share this john can i totally do something side um it's your time okay you take so it. um this is kind of a mother thing there's a website, and it's called Blessed Is She. Do you know this? Okay, so I never knew about this, and I admitted to my older sister, I said, like, I want to start my day off not on Facebook. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, you pick up your phone, and the first thing you punch is Facebook. And I'm like, it can really put you on the wrong foot for your day. And she said, oh, you need to get this um, email. And it's called Blessed Is She. So look it up. And it gives you a daily devotional. And it's awesome. And it's on your phone, wherever you are, in your car, whatever, carpooling, doing whatever. And it's written by all moms. So I think that's why, because I have a Magnificat and I do read that, but like sometimes you're in the car and the Magnificat's at home and it's like, so you don't, 
See, and you can pick it up whenever you want. So that was just a side note. So I really like that because I'm still young. I haven't gotten to where I wake up at 5.30 every morning and have my 20 minutes of devotional time and my <laughs> cup of coffee. Yeah, when does and, that and happen it's all, I'm here, you, And it's all peaceful and quiet. But like sometimes in my head, I think that's what I should be doing. Uh, and yeah. then I don't do it at all because I didn't do it the perfect way. And so it's like, no, just do what you can, you know. If if you're reading it in the bathroom, because that's the only quiet place in your house, thank you, she understands, then do that. <laughs> so, um, you know, don't beat yourself up. We're all in the rat race together. Yeah. Um, yeah the one thing I told race. my girlfriend is I said, um, enjoy the stage you're in. Like, you know, when they're little, you're like, oh, I wish they could walk. Oh, I wish they could talk. But, you know, just enjoy what you have right then and there. Because in a year, it's going to change. Like, right now, we eat dinner one night a week as a family. That's it. Like, Monday nights is the only night somebody doesn't have a ball game, doesn't have gymnastics, you know, doesn't have somewhere they have to be. So, um, you know, whereas two years ago, we sat down every night. And I was thinking, how do people not eat dinner as a family? You know, I was that naive person. I was like, we always eat dinner as a family. And now I'm the mom who's like shoving food in people's faces as they're like coming by me in softball outfits. You know, like, we got to go. We got to go. Take the banana in the car. You know, so, I mean, just embrace that stage. Um, I drive, uh, well, I do have two cars now, but I drive a 10-passenger 10 10 van, okay? It's a big red van because I run a big daycare. Red. Yep. Well, you know what it's actually called? Thomas Woods actually told me, he calls it Clifford. Yeah, yeah. the big red dog. Yeah, so it's the big red dog, <laughs> but I didn't know that. So anyways, I drive that van. Now, I've had friends say, how do you do that? Because like, we live in an age of image. And so I, it's not a fancy van. It's not like these brand new ones that came out that have, you know, DVD players and everything. I mean, we have AM and FM radio, and that's it. And when my kids were little, that was the only car we had. Like, Chris had his car, but the kids and I, we had the big red van. So even if it was just me and the three kids, we drove the big red van everywhere, you know. And so sometimes it made me flash back to dad. Like, dad always had a beat-up truck. And I do remember sometimes always being like, oh, can you drop me off two blocks away from Cathedral? Not right in front, you know? Like, I don't want to be seen getting out of this beat-up truck. (laughs) And then now here I am doing it to my kids with this big red van. But I do have a very nice little Volvo now that was gifted to me. So, because I was, you know, open and willing to take a gift. So, I do have that. But... Um, Amen, sister. But I drive this big red van. So, anyways, I have a lot of mom friends who are just hitting that third kid. Joe. Um, And when you hit the third kid, that little cute car no longer works. And so many people like drag their feet to get a minivan. And I'm like, the minivan stage was the best stage. It's easy to get car seats in and out of. You can fit groceries. You can fit your stroller in the back. But they don't want to be the mom driving the minivan. And so I'm like, you know what? Drive the minivan for three years. It'll make your life so much easier. And then in two more years, you're going to have an SUV because you're going to need to be carrying baseball stuff. And, you know, the minivan won't work anymore. But just embrace the stage you're in and find something good about that stage. And, you know, not just always focus on, oh, I wish we could be doing this or, oh, I wish we could be doing that. That you speak of one of the things which has helped me most in my life. What? Focus on today. Embrace the 
accentuate the positives. Oh, yeah. Take what is positive about every situation and accentuate it. Yeah. Recognizing its limitations. So it's not as if you like somehow are naive, but entrust the limitation to the mercy of God. Now, that's in a, in a world of people. And trust yeah. whatever is limited in a person to the mercy of God. But embrace, like, yeah. accept this this blessedness that's there. And in front of everything, we can do that. You witness to that. Like, here's the awesomeness of it. I remember, uh, you know, when we had the, 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 the station wagon that we were oh, talking about from yeah. the Black Hills, we had to drive that to high school. We had to drive to O'Gorman <laughs> High School. There are people with... Uh, uh, yeah. Grand Cherokees and with Mustangs yep. and there's like awesome cars here and we have to drive this huge, massive, baby blue Ford Country Squire station wagon with wood paneling. With front paneling. You know what we decided to do? In the back of Hey it, guys, just give me one second. Keep your conversation going. I'll be right back. <laughs> By the way, for all of you in the radio, yeah, <laughs> I guess let's Joe. keep it going. So we, what did we do? The same place where Joe and I were put, you know, 10 years yeah. before, we put a mattress. And every morning we would wake up and we would drive and pick up Ryan Noonan or drive and pick up other kids that were going out to O'Gorman High School. And whoever... Uh, was able to got to, the first people in got to sleep in the back all the way to O'Gorman. <laughs> you know what I used to say? I finally decided. You know what? Life is a beach. Yeah. When you're driving a boat. Yeah. There you go. Embrace the positive. Like yeah. there's nothing we could do. We're either gonna. You were get, lucky. You had a car. Yeah. We like, either get a car and it's this one, and I just like embrace it. This is if we took this attitude towards things as opposed to, uh, I have to drive this. We'd be so much better. So, well, great, Catherine. Thank you so much for your wisdom. And uh, we are, you are listening to Rutten Radio on Lamb Catholic Radio Station. We're here with Joe Rutten, who is with the Mount Marty folks out at the uh, Acton Institute, calling in. And Catherine Rutten, uh, the youngest, Catherine Kendall, Kate Kendall, the youngest of the nine Rutten clan. See you in a minute. Hi, this is Mark Kinzemius. In 1987, Bishop Paul Dudley and a group of business leaders started the Catholic Community Foundation for Eastern South Dakota to help raise, manage, and distribute God's gifts as determined by donors' intent. 28 years later, we continue to grow their vision and legacy of faith. Many choose the Catholic Community Foundation for the charitable giving because of our commitment to Catholic, moral, and social values. Learn more about how you can leave a legacy of faith through the Catholic Community Foundation at 605-988-3788 or visit cfesd.org. My name is Dr. Matt Hayes. I'm a orthopedic radiologist at Stanford Health. I completed my undergraduate degree at Mount Marty College. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, I was welcomed with open arms. I would give high school students the following advice. I wouldn't overlook a smaller school. A small school allows you to excel individually. One of the things that led me to excel was having professors that know every student's name. They personally know you. The professors truly judge their success by the success of their students. The ability of the professors to instill in them a desire to lifelong learn, community, and above all, faith. Mount Marty does this better than any school in South Dakota. There's a lot of professors that can teach, but there's only there so few that can motivate you to go above and beyond what you even thought possible. Mount Marty College will instill in you an unshakable sense of faith that will allow you to lead and serve in your future and in your career. We need your help. Lamb Radio is 100% donor-supported. 
Find out how you can help by going to lamradio.com. Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota, invites you to register for a men's or women's Ignatian Silent Retreat in 2017. Every retreat is led by an experienced retreat director who will offer a series of points for prayer during the weekend. Daily opportunities for Mass, Confession, and Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament are available during the retreat. Broomtree-sponsored retreats are run by donation and all are welcome. For more information, call 605-263-1040 or visit broom-tree.org.
And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. All right, we are back. Joe, give it a break. <laughs> I don't... Are we... Uh, oh, my gosh. So that was like the worst transition period ever. Uh, I think maybe because of... The well, phone. Because you're calling in, Joe. Anyway, all of you who are listening... Uh, oh. We don't... Yeah, yeah. That's what we were trying to start the show. And you were... So despite what it appears, you promised me, Joe that you listened to the first hour and you said that it was rock star status. Is that true? Rock star. Rock star. And I was the host. Yeah, I actually That's wasn't even going to come thing. on. I was just going to tell you I'm cool, we're good, I was going to go to my conference because I was like, well, what are they going to be on for? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm really grateful to hear that you thought it was rock star status and I was the one who was leading it all. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which the fact that it was me and you said it proves that it was even... Super rock star status because definitely uh, I'm the last person. But the, um, I think it was interesting. You, you, what was it that you thought was so great? I mean, I oh, didn't just, think we talked you know, what, about what, anything. What, 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 I'm, what my principle of life is that um, is that people learn through storytelling. People learn through other people's stories. So when we share a story, yeah. um, people have an opportunity to connect to it and learn from it, and so. When you share your story, you obviously want to have a point to your story, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, but if you share your story and it has a point, it allows other people to connect to their own lives and transfer that experience into how it connects to them, and then they learn from it, right? So they take that away, you know. Like uh, for instance, you know, I know somebody that lost six hundred million dollars in a bad business transaction. All right. So him telling me that story. I connect with it, and I think, my, how, like, I would never get out from underneath my desk if I lost 600 million. What would I, 600 million? I don't even know what that would look like. Well, that allows me to make him human, right? So now he's not just this rich uh, a business guy that has more money than God that just is corrupt and what it, No, he's Andreas. He's a, he's a person I know, and he lost $600 million, and that must be the most crushing thing in the world. But he had a conversion back to his faith in the process, and now is an even better person because he lost $600 million. And so I learned that money doesn't equal happiness, and in spite of losing whatever, maybe it's a child. Maybe, maybe you've lost a child, or maybe you've lost a job, or that in spite of losing things, you can, in turn, on the back end, it actually can make you better and stronger. And so, anyway, so I, I think, think you guys tell you... great stories. So just keep telling stories with a point, and everybody else out there are loving them as much as I am. <laughs> you, you need to be with us in person. Well, uh, he doesn't see so, the cues to stop talking because yeah. he's not here. So what you say has a real benefit because I don't think we talked about anything for the first hour. But then it helps me realize what people are desperate for is life. And a connection. To share life. And oftentimes we think in regard to faith or in regard to, um, to Christianity or being Catholic or in the church that somehow we have to give people religious stuff. But no. it's no. the, the well, Christian do, is yeah, the one but... who the, is able to look at life with a new lens. And so it's our ability to look at just the ordinariness of what we do. However, you make the very important point is what's the point? 
Okay, and yes. I really believe that in education today and with faith today, w- w- this is what I call a judgment. A judgment has to be made. And if we don't make a judgment about the things that we're experiencing, it just like all goes by. And so I could look at the first hour and never make a judgment, and then I would never grow in recognizing it. And I can make a judgment about the first hour. And you know what that judgment is for me? And I say it every time we come here to this radio show. The radio show and what we say is secondary. And what people get from this radio show is secondary. The judgment I make about Rutten Radio is that this is for me. I am changed by coming to this studio every month. And I didn't want to come here. I didn't want to do the radio show. I I have other things. I came here for one hour, and I left here, and I thought, whatever happened here is the Spirit of God. I have to go Mm -hmm. back. And so that's a judgment. And I could not make that judgment, and I don't grow. And so we can be Christians. We can do Christian things. We can do pious things. But we never get to the point. We never make a point. And so I think when people are listening to us, they're making points, and they can make it even deeper if they'd say to themselves, ah, I'm not alone. I don't remember the stories. I don't, and the reason I asked you this, Joe, is because you didn't remember anything we talked about the first hour. Well, you know what? That could be okay. You could, but did you make a judgment? Oh, I'm just like the Ruttons. I thought those people were holy. Oh, okay, I guess we can deal with that. I'm just like them too. Maybe God has a plan for me. And so thanks, Joe, for helping us uh, recognize God was doing something the first hour. And uh, so you, you broke out there for a minute, Joe, and disappeared. What happened? Well, uh, so at the conference, you know, 80 countries, 1,000 people. So uh, a gentleman walked by that I've been meaning to talk to for a number of years. He's kind of the, it's really a Christian conference out here, but there's one resident, and there's a number of Jews as well, but there's one resident Muslim that, uh, is from Turkey that had walked by, and I didn't want to pass up an opportunity to say hi in light of our earlier conversation. Um, so I just quickly talked to him, and, uh, you know, interesting what he said is he said the problem within Islam is that it's much more like uh, Protestantism than it is Catholicism, in that um, there's no centralized authority. So every imam, every sect, every country, every they all can have their own understanding and interpretation of the Quran and how uh, Islam is calling them to live. And it, so you, in, in criticizing one person or one group or one iman or one country, uh, you can't apply that across the board to all Muslims. And so what happens in the West is we stop and say, well, then you can't, we don't want to be critical of Islam across the board. You can't be judgmental, you can't be critical. And that's not where that doesn't solve the problem because the problem still exists that within Islam there are these fractures, there are these uh, extremists, there are these problems. And so what you get here is you get somebody like Mustafa Aykul from Turkey, and I just asked him quickly, he said, Turkey, the country, is becoming like Russia. The president is corrupt, and he's creating oligarchs, and he's uh, there's no rule of law, and he's influencing the judicial system. So continue to look for terrible things out of Turkey, I would imagine. Um, and within Islam, we have to address the issues, and there are places that we can do that in an intellectual and a reasonable way to try and solve the problem. Places like Acton are the places to do that. And that's what I want to bring back to Sioux Falls, and that's what I want to bring back to Mount Marty, is a forum and a place in which we can have panel discussion 
and conversation and dialogue about real social issues, religious, economic, uh, all of these things, where we're actually in dialogue and relationship with each other to try and get produce a better better people and better community and not this false kind of surface level level let's just all be happy and get along so how do you yeah, do so anyway. that though without creating war amongst each other i mean the minute well, you, you that, say that's all why of you this i think to be in relationship to each other like katie and i or you and i all right we're, we're, we have a relationship with each other right and from that relationship builds trust and in a relationship of trust you can have differences and disagreements and 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 issues and sin can be right in the middle of it and your faith helps you learn to forgive and understand that you're not perfect either like you guys were just saying like katie was saying earlier right one of the principles that she learns from daycare is that hey i'm not perfect and that's okay be honest and like that's so if you're in that type of a relationship then people feel comfortable talking about issues that are delicate and sensitive and hard so you have to build a community of trust where people trust each other. Well, Joe Rutten, congratulations on your appointment as the director of the Benedictine Institute at Mount Marty College. I have long been a student of yours, begrudgingly wanting to admit it, but it's true. <laughs> uh, so I look well, forward I'm to one of my favorite back in the classroom and uh, doing great things. You know, back teaching and not great things, just doing yeah. whatever the good Lord gave me and. I love teaching, so I look forward to, you know what, I, I'm sure that there will be people in my life that are like, thank goodness Joe finally has somebody else to dump all his thoughts on. <laughs> all right, well, you have a blessed time in Grand Rapids, rapidly. God love you, Katie, good stuff, and John, keep it going, and we'll catch you guys down the road or right back in Sioux Falls. Sounds good. Bye, Joe. All, all right. right. Adios. Uh, so Joe's funny. Isn't he something? Oh, he yeah. rambles on the I know. phone. No and at least when you're I love here. you, Joe. I love you, but I was talking to you one day and I couldn't get a word in edgewise. And I think I was the one who called you. And I think I hung up and I never even told you what I wanted to tell you. Oh, but we love you, Joe. I Lord did the same thing made probably. Us all different, didn't yeah, we? good Lord made us all different is exactly right. Yeah. So when people have a 17-minute homily from me, they know that it's Where? a rotten well, problem. <laughs> yeah, it is so, a rotten problem. Well, you know, I have a question for you, Kate, unless you want to say something. Well, I was just going to say, you were so worried about, like, making a point from stories, and sometimes I think, like, sometimes you think, like, you have to tell the person the point of your story, but it's for the person yes. to find the point in the story, because everybody hears the story and comes out of it with their own point. Yeah. So you might not even realize that you made, like, a big difference telling somebody something. Yeah. But they did it. But sometimes I feel like people want to like make a point all the time, and it's like, well, no, it's not your job to tell the person what they should get from it. Yeah. Like, so I would say two things. Um, uh, okay, uh, I agree. This and this is the the education that I've received from Father Luigi Giassani at CL, and um, also Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Yeah. Is you can't give people the answers. No, it ruins the educative method if you're if you're imposing the answer on people. Yeah. You pose the the question to them, or you pose them what is in front of them, and they have to come come to, to the conclusion but on their own. The difference is also the belief that there is something objective in this world. It's yeah. not just a fleeting, like, what am I doing or whatever. You gotta it's a guide real search them. for what is true. 
I um, I sometimes say I feel like a cruise director as a daycare provider because I just like line up the activities and feed them and like drive them there. And it's their job to like have fun, enjoy it or make the best of the situation. But I'm like, I just light up everything. Like I lay out the toys. I don't tell them how to play with them or what to do or how long to play with them. You just set up the situation for them and then let them come in and they engage with it how they want. Yeah. You know? So it's interesting, but like Paul was saying earlier about everything's so scheduled. Oh my. I mean, that is one of the things like kids don't just get to be kids and ride bikes and yeah, everybody's like, I got to pick them up from here and drop them here. And yeah. Yeah. You, um, have many moms that share this life with kids, uh, in well-read moms which yes. is a program out of St. Lambert's. Yes. Uh, uh, it was one of the reasons something? I joined St. Lambert's. I did not join St. Lambert's because Father John Rutten was there. <laughs> what? I, just I'm a quick shout out. I remember when, I was surprised you didn't ask me about this. So when John got, <laughs> when John got, what's that called? Assigned to St. Lambert's. I was at the grocery store and somebody I didn't even really know by name stopped and are you going to join St. Lambert's? Your brother's coming to St. Lambert's. Aren't you so excited? And I was like, mm, no. She's like, you're not going to join? I said, no. I think I said no like five times to people. Like, no, I'm not going to join St. Lambert's. I go to Holy Spirit. Why would I, you know, switch just because my brother's there? Because they can leave you at any moment. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so the thing that got me at St. Lambert's was we... We're not required, but we were invited to John's first mass. And then my kids kind of thought it was cool to see their uncle as the priest. And I mean, all you mothers, it's really hard some Sundays to get your kids to church. So you kind of bribe them <laughs> and you say, well, you can give Father John a hug or, you know, ah. maybe you can go see Father John or. You know, we won't mention what's in the freezer. But you know, but you gotta bribe them. Kids gotta be excited to go to mass. Because no offense, little kids, if they don't experience, they don't really. I mean, mass is long. It's an hour long. Um, So, anyways, we started kind of going just because there was not requirements, but family obligations to go to St. Lambert's because John was having mass. Well, then I went one day. And I will say, I think I went by myself and there was a flyer for well-read moms and American heritage girls. And I was just like, two things I was looking for. And so then I went home and said, Chris, what would you think if we switched? And he's like, I can't believe, you know, you you held out this log. And so then we did, we switched parishes and we do, we love St. Lambert's, but somebody once said, um, how is it to live in the same town as your brother who is a priest? I said, well, I'm just very thankful people like him because I would have had <laughs> <Yeah>. to move. <laughs> but, you know, most people, when they say it, they're like, oh, I love your brother. They're just so real. You know, that's what everybody always says. They're just so real. That's uh, <laughs> I learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you do. I tried I mean, to be something different, but yeah. Chicago John. Yeah, Chicago John. You got it. Yeah, Absolutely. So, so yeah. Now I... Now I'm, uh, that's what I felt like when, well, I won't. But anyway, so now he's that. moving to Harrisburg and one of my daughters said, that's okay. Cause he's still our uncle. So we'll get to see him whatever. And then one of my other daughters said, well, so now will we go to Harrisburg for church? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and then the other one said, well, who's going to give us ice or, uh, popsicles after mass? 
was like, well, we'll have to talk to the new priest. <laughs> so this is a, this is a great a great point, and I think it's a serious one about the future of Christianity. Is and taking your is kids to church Christianity attractive? And there are different times in which we have to do different things about it, but only an attraction moves a person. Yeah. So if it's popsicles, let's take seriously that it's popsicles, and they're attracted by that. They're moved by that. Is there a point when Christianity has an attraction? Unless we come to the heart of that question, we will not understand what it is to live in a secular world as a Christian by faith. And what I have found is this is part of why people find me normal or people are attracted to me or people is because I am absolutely certain Christianity is attractive. But why? Because I know the depths of my own problem. Yeah. I know that you've been saved. You've seen him. Yeah. I have had this darkness, but it originated out of my need. I realize I need something other than uh, human power. And when you come to that place of need, you're in a position to recognize, but it's hard to go there. Yeah. It's not easy to go there. But when you see there's something happening, even someone came and saw me the other day and they, you know, were thinking this wasn't worth it and this is obsolete. And all of a sudden, they realized something was happening at Mass. They like, they, they like, somehow they were like, wait a minute. I woke up, like, something's happening here. Like, that's a power outside of them. And when yeah. that happens, then you begin to, like, look at things differently and it becomes attractive yeah. because you have a question. What is this? What's going on here? Why am I here? Even I ask the question sometimes from the pulpit. I'm like, I can't believe I'm a priest. I am. I'm shocked yeah. by it. Like, who would be a priest today? <laughs> like, this seems like a crazy thing it, to do. But it's, like, on the rise. amazing. It's so attractive. Uh, and so... Uh, at different times, you know, you say, you, you look at things, but there's there's a way to make a judgment. Is Christianity attractive to me? And it becomes attractive because I recognize it helps me. Somehow, I know I need God. No. Period. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, I want God. Why? Because I have a need. And we live in a culture that doesn't want to be in need. That's a real difficulty today. Is And what is the, the attraction to me, I think is, I just talk about all the things I need. Or, you know, I'm yeah. willing to go into that place of like, I remember people said, Father, the first number of times, Father, the first time you told us from the pulpit that you were an alcoholic, I just about died. Who can talk about things like that? Who says that? I remember that, Holloman Lee. I looked at my husband and said, I didn't know he was going to go there. Like, you know, because you don't know. So, like, I didn't say anything. I never told anybody you were, but then you said it and I'm like, well, that's easy now. But it was great because there's so many other people that deal with that addiction. Yeah. So then it's like, this guy was an alcoholic and he turned his life around and now look at him. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, you can change at 60. You can change at 16. Yeah. That's what I always thought about dad. Dad was 40 years old and he totally went from one way to a different way. And our lives are different because of it. We had a different dad than the older family. Yeah, I uh, never knew that dad. And I saw the picture of him dressed up as an Easter bunny. <laughs> yeah. So dad dies. And we're in the kitchen looking through old shoeboxes of pictures, okay? Just because we're waiting. And mom, there's a picture, black and white photo of mom and these three Easter bunnies. And I'm like, what in the world? And mom tells me a story 
about dad getting sick that night from drinking and he threw up all over their bed and she was just livid. And I was like, what? Our dad's like, no, like that's not our dad. Like I never thought that. So it was like, (laughs) it was good because it knocked him off that pedestal just a notch for me to be like, oh wait, you know, dad was what? 45 when I was born or something? I don't even know. So it like reminded me like, hey, dad didn't start out the way he ended. Mm -hmm. Like it's a journey to get there. Like give some people a break. We're not all perfect right away. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I, I think that you, we've come to a judgment. What's the judgment? Christianity must be attractive because the only way the kids will go is if they get a popsicle. And that's not a bad thing. No, but. If we make the judgment, oh wow, it has to be, it's an attraction that moves me. Even a baby. Who would have kids? Kids are like, spend your whole life consumed by somebody else, yeah. spend all your money on somebody else, give all of your time to somebody else. That's nonsense to me. Yep. And that's nonsense to the world. And but that's what? why he's a priest. There's nothing Better in the world than, than looking at this baby. Yeah. I mean, baptisms, I get baptisms, I always take the kids and I bring them to the altar, and you just look at this thing and you think, just a couple months ago it didn't exist. Yeah. This is amazing. Look at those ears and look at the eyes and look at the baby. And some of them are big and some of them are little. And like, that's amazing. And yeah. so you just kind of realize, oh, I have kids because there's an attraction. And yeah. so you make that judgment. And then in the end, you realize uh, that that only comes about in Christianity when something happens. And it can be as simple as being at Mass and realize I've been looking. I have a need for a women's reading group. Yeah. I have a need for something for my girls. And what did that priest, what did that person just say from the pulpit? God, is that you? Yeah. I think that's God. But you got to be open to follow it. There you go. Catherine Rutten, <laughs> PhD in theology. Awesome, awesome work. Very good. Well, so it's coming to the close of your two hours. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks You're for welcome. being a sister. I always say, uh, when I got down to Yankton, I did a little talk, and I said, it took me 28 years to f- realize I'm supposed to love my sister. <laughs> Were you talking so, about me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think of all, we didn't talk about any of the bad stories of growing up. You know, I don't uh, remember a whole heck of a lot, to tell you the truth. I really think you and Joe were like so connected and tied together. Uh, I don't remember a lot. Oh. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, maybe that's a, they call that, what's a block? Selective memory or whatnot. (laughs) I don't remember, I don't remember much either. I just remember when you fell off to get away from all you people. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, I just told Welver and Mom that story. They were like, you did what? I I wanted to walk into a place and nobody know who I was. I didn't want to say, are you Laura's little sister? Or are you John's sister? You know, I just... Didn't want anybody to know who I was. And then by 16 months, I wanted to go somewhere where people knew who I was. Because ah. nobody could understand, like, you know, like where you came from. Now, granted, um, it's probably who you run with and whatnot, too. But you tell stories, and these are East Coasters. They don't understand, you know, going to the Black Hills and making a dam and, you know. Mm-hmm. But people didn't get it. And it's like, I want to go somewhere somebody knows I'm a rotten. Great. And so, I even introduce myself to people a lot of times as Catherine Rutten Kendall. So a reminder, we have the website, the Blessed email. Blessed is she. Okay. 
Great. Blessed is she. You'll yep. get the email update, Catherine's recommendation. And then if you to like close to read out, books, what would you say? What, what do you love about it? And what should what? someone expect if they were to join Well-Read Moms? Oh, Well-Read Mom. Um, you're not reading Catholic books. That's the biggest thing that shocks people. These are not Catholic doctrine books or books about Catholic people at all. Like right now they're reading that Tolkien, um, one of the Lord of the Rings. Um, so they t- pick a theme each year, and then they pick good novels, good books, good literature, and tie that in. The lady sets it all up for you. Marcy Stockman is her name that started it, but then they send everything to you. So it's great. It just gets you out of your comfort zone, John. Great. And they can go to the website, Well Read Moms, yep. or they could contact St. Lambert Parish yep. if they're interested in being a part of that. If you don't belong to Sioux Falls... Go to the website. There's start it groups out. everywhere. Yep. It's They're a in wide countries. range. Yeah. What what the text would be is the classics of Western literature and some some Catholic things. Like you might get a biography of Augustine. Yeah, you or, do get, but you some, get but it not because it's Catholic, but because it fits um, a dynamic of what that year's proposal is yep. of friendship or motherhood. Yeah. Or, Great. There's a Catholic tie. Thanks for being with us, Kate. Catherine, we pray the family prayer at the end of every oh. radio show. So we will begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our Father, Father we, we thank, thank you for your love and for your, your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another. Quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness. Generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you planned for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. And next July 5th, we'll be back in studio for Rutten Radio. You've been listening to the Rutten Brothers, brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. On the Lamb Catholic Radio Network, 91.3 KSTJ, Hartford, Madison, Mitchell, Yankton, 104.3 LP, Juan Diego Radio for Sioux Falls, and 88.9 KSJP, Ipswich, Aberdeen, and online at lambradio.com.